Hi and welcome to the Museums and Galleries of New South Wales podcast. Museums and Galleries of New South Wales acknowledges the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and all the other traditional custodians on the lands of which we live and work. We pay our respect to them as First Nations people with continuing connection to the land, place, waters and community. Hi and thanks for joining us for episode three. Today we are joined by Sydney-based artist Liam Benson and Canberra-based artist Raquel Ormella, who both have work in the exhibition Just Not Australian, currently on tour with Museums and Galleries of New South Wales. Just checking, can you hear my washing machine? No. Okay, great, okay. Um, (laughs) Talk is kicking off about the flag, but first, can you hear my washing machine? Um, (laughs) Uh, so the Australian flag is a um, object that I've used quite consistently in my practice uh, since 2008 or 2007 was the first time I started to make a textile work that either used an actual Australian flag or reconstructed Australian flags out of um, materials, prosaic everyday materials that already had the Australian flag on it, like a barbecue apron or a tea towel or a doona cover. Um, But the work that's in Just Not Australian uses a a nylon flag that I just bought via eBay Um, and, I don't know, it probably cost me $15 or something like that. So, um, yeah, but I have used consistently used the Australian flag. Um, It's probably 2007. Well, I, you know, I come from a non-Anglo-Saxon background and my parents are migrants to Australia and I was born and my brother, my myself and my siblings, my brother and sister were born here, but um, sort of really pretty immediately after my parents arrived. So, I mean, obviously I'm an Australian, but as a someone who always felt... Um, you know, like discriminated against as a child or as someone who uh, didn't feel necessarily comfortable in the dominant um, cultural Anglo-Saxon, Australian, um, you know, suburban culture where I was, was living, it always, that question about what is Australian? I mean, obviously artists are sensitive people and I think, you know, if you are a sensitive, if you grow up a sensitive person, then you probably, you know, have some something that's going to make you an artist in a sense. So I guess I was just sensitised to it or I saw a lot of it and I just, it was never a question for me. I've always, <laughs> always questioned the nation state. I just took a while to do it in my work, I guess. I don't know. For you, how about you, Liam? I mean, you grew up in Campbelltown? Uh, um. I grew up in um, actually no the Hills District, so I think that I think like I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I was saying, nice white middle class place. <laughs> oh, honey, like no joke. Like this is why. But you know, I love I love talking to you about this because mm. I my experience is completely different, but I feel everything that you say resonates with me. You know, I remember, I think one of the first examples I remember, like uh, an event that happened where we, we actually got to talk about the flag was um, Kathy Freeman winning, oh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. at the Olympics and 
carrying both flags and doing that lap and how oh, amazing that was. And, and I, was really, like, I was just a kid, but I was really excited about it. And, and, but everyone else around me, you know, had really different opinions and couldn't understand why the flag wasn't good enough for her to, you know, to represent why she had to have this jewel. And so, you know, I think it's been, for me, it's just always navigating. Yeah, I guess trying to navigate a, a broader spectrum of knowledge. That, that, that I guess that's a difficulty. How do you have identity, which is about belonging, which also allows for diversity? But I think that in terms of Just Not Australian, the um, the Soda Jerk project, um, that their film, I think that question about what is the what is national identity is part of a migrant nation and that really comes out in the film, the filmography of Australia that they they take from in order to create these new narratives. And so the material's already there, the kind of disenfranchisement of women, the disenfranchisement of Indigenous people, the kind of aggression and violence towards women, Indigenous people, animals, like the, the, the natural environment, all of that is sort of already already present so you know it's I think see like I quite like this this just not Australian show because it because the that includes like Wake and Fright and Jeddah and Walkabout and you know Storm Boy and so many other sorts of cultural moments where things are being framed around identity the works that have been made, the visual, visual artworks that are in the exhibition um, that have been made, say, in the last 10 years, you can see that that's actually just part of a, a much longer conversation that's been happening by Australian creatives, um, artists, filmmakers, etc. What I think is sort of interesting too is for me, I started kind of working with the Australian flag because my memory of like Australia Day and um, and other events is that you know no we know the like bef- it was like a non day and there wouldn't like apart from Anzac Day you wouldn't really I mean you would see the flag around but you wouldn't see people kind of wearing it everywhere and sticking it on themselves everywhere so that is actually something that sort of happened um, from the Howard years onwards and because he very consciously branded. Um, his government with that flag. I mean, and that's become, and just, you know, the Howard years, which was the legacy of like not, like not making the Republic where the referendum about the Republic question was, um, was split by saying there were two versions that we were having to decide between the Republic. Um, So therefore we don't have a Republic. And when you start, I started to see people tattooing the flag on their bodies and you'd see it at, um, you know, festivals and music festivals. I just thought, oh, man, we're, there's no way we're going to change the flag. There's been this strong investment in its, its objectness. We've rejected the Republic. So a kind of natural moment where we might think about what the Constitution is and what the flag is um, when we would form ourselves as a republic has gone so and it won't come back for a long time um and i guess what i think is quite interesting is that obviously like that that happened when i was in my 20s the early 30s and um 
So people like teenagers now, that's just not something that's part of their cultural touchstones. And so I think their relationship to the flag is maybe different. So we kind of tend to think the flag is this um, solid, um, immutable. I think, I mean, the Southern Cross is a beautiful mm. thing, like as stars, stars in the sky, you know, some, and I, I think that is something beautiful about the flag is that there is a sense of referring to the to the heavens and to referring to something beyond human and beyond the nation state. Like the Southern, everybody in the Southern Hemisphere sees that that constellation and um, that's something that unites us beyond national borders. Cronulla riots made it something which was about a kind of racist, anti-Muslim position. And that's probably why people were getting the Southern Cross tattoo because they wanted something to represent their uh, relationship to Australia and their passion for their home, but they didn't want something mm. with the Union Jack on it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Like, and it's some, yeah. yeah, it's interesting to, yeah, I, I, I think it's fascinating how, um, yeah, like our interpretation and how we see um, that these national symbols can flip, can flip, mm. it, you know, um, based mm. on, you know, what's happening. And so for that reason, mm. yeah, I agree as well. I don't think we're changing this flag for a long time, even though it needs mm. to change. But in a way, it's probably really good because we really, we've got a lot of work to do. And in mm. that work, we've got a lot of talking and unpacking of our um, very short but very volatile history. And also, like, I think a lot of Australians you know, like could do with the uh, sitting back and having a really good think about, you know, um, what are our values and, and, and what is it that we're actually moving towards? You know, whereas changing the flag would just feel, so if we like change the flag, everyone would be like, sweet, everything's fine now. You know, like we've got new representation, we're all thinking differently. Whereas um, I think having the Union Jack on the, on the flag for now stops us and makes us actually talk about why is it there yeah, and I think I think in the meantime, there's a great opportunity for us to as artists to draw upon that, and you know, for your works to literally unpick it. It's it's interesting how some things take time. Like you know, if you had done an exhibition after the Cronulla riots, let's say two years after the Cronulla riots, that um, what kind of exhibition that would have been, and you know, this I think this exhibition obviously does have a very strong um, legacy to that moment, including that there is like the because that because the riots then had other social um, kind of ramifications. So when you know Chidim's work is about you know the strong and having a, a vision of a strong Islamic woman, um, that's also coming a little bit you know coming off the sort of. Uh, situations where women with hijab were being uh, yelled at in public in in public so that's a legacy also from that riot so it's interesting to think about the exhibition in that context the australian art market really likes when it can see the labor that's been invested in an object i think they engage in a particular way with work where they can understand the labor that has been placed in it and then there's in within the Australian context, I often think there's something like where you know my could my kid could have done that if they don't see or understand the labour. For me, has consciously been 
asking, it's a, it's a kind of hook by which therefore spend a bit more time with the work because they understand that labour, they understand that action, they understand maybe the bodily gesture that's been used to make the work. So that's a little bit a way of just slowing that interaction down. But I don't necessarily think about that um, particularly as gendered. Yeah, if I think about, you know, painters like um, um, Michael Zavros, whose paintings, you know, like he's made them with a two-hair brush, you know, and there's you can't see the painted gesture. They're incredibly time-consuming. That part of we wouldn't call that kind of labour gendered. So there's a sort of a two-edged sword, I think, sometimes when you're working with textile and the laboured object that 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 you know, how can we tease those two things apart? Like is textile essentially a, gen- a gendered object? Like is it always a, a female object or is it always female labour? Or is is there something that we can say about the time and investment which we read differently? If, for example, uh, Liam and I do something in our work which is really difficult intellectually or emotionally for people to really come to, they don't think we're being ironic and they don't think we're being flippant because it's taken us such a long time to do it. So for me that's always been a way of um, making sure people understand the sincerity of the actions that I've been doing and that it's like it, this took time. It's not something I thought of and yelled at out of, out of a car window. <laughs> this is something where I've, you know, I've had to do something with it. And I think that's that to me is not a gendered decision. It's it's a it's it's a very conscious, um, yeah, very conscious intellectual decision in relation to the work. Mm. Because certainly I make videos, et cetera, et cetera, as does Liam. Mm. So, but the 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 work as we would do it in that way is different from the work as we do it within textile. And also because I've been using, I'm using Hy-Vee's work shirts and the flag. It's like, are these things gendered? Whereas I think, for example, in Liam's work where you've got the the sequins, mm. there is a way in which there's a a, a campness. Mm. So, you know, camp is, is considered female or gendered or, you know, like transgressive. And queer as well, yeah. Yeah. So those, those that brings this other kind of gendered position in relation to uh, that discourse. But for me that is not something I'm centering in the work. However, mm. I am a woman. So, you know, is there any way of me escaping the designation as a woman artist? Like would it be like if Abdul, if we moved all the artist's mm. names, names around in relation to the work, how would those works be read differently? I mean, that's a kind of interesting question. Mm, it's a really good question. I think, I mean, I think this exhibition is quite provocative in that sense that it does provoke, there's a lot of dense um, and um, multiple ways that the works can be framed that are in the exhibition. And so that's um, that's also quite interesting as an exhibition that it's it's not doing something, it's not got one message or not got one speaking position or... Um, 
one material approach or one kind of artist or one cultural moment. Um, it's it's celebratory. It's it's critical. It's it's you know asking. It's asking for all of the things that we normally think about to be really sort of stretched. Mm. You know, what is art? Mm. What is Australia? What mm. is it to be a nationalist? You know, can we be? Um, can we feel? Content, can we feel a connection to a community like the bigger community of the nation of Australia without being a nationalist, mm-hmm. you know? So is a nationalist always a bad thing? All of those kinds of um, complexities, I think. And then that, that you know, the, the, un, the unresolved questions of reconciliation, I think, are, are then all in that as well, which, and they're coming in lots of multiple ways and being spoken by people in different ways in the work. So all those questions that you just asked are just such personal and, and, and and amazing questions. And and they're the questions that I wish that we were talking about. Um, And I think that's why, that's one of the reasons why I use sequins because I wanted to bring in camp. I wanted to bring in a queer reference, gender references, mm, you know, I think, yeah, again, I'm a guy using sequins and embroidery. People can make of that what they will because of the way that gender has been spoken about and projected. But, you know, see, all those questions you were asking, there's no one really around me, like, asking me those questions or or when I was younger, like, it just those dialogues went around. But as a queer person, um, especially a queer person growing up in a conservative um, part of town um, with no other queer people around me, you know, like eventually I connected with my community, but my experience all by myself was the most amazing learning curve. Mm. And I think that's like to answer my own question that I asked earlier, where did I get that awareness from to to question, um, you know, all of the things that are supposed to be our foundation? I think that's where I got it from. And mm. I really appreciate that. And, and I think that, um, you know, the one thing that, that's really great about the queer community that I, I wish we would celebrate more is that is um, how we've got this, you know, well, it's kind of forced, but like a really ongoing uh, conversation and dialogue about what, what does it mean? Um, can you be queer and can you be this? Um, you know, what is the spectrum? Where do you sit on it? Um, What's your role? Why are we queer? Why, you know, like, um, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just a, a built-in way of uh, being open and open to rethinking things all the time. Well, I, don't know, I, yeah, I don't know if it's that interesting, but for me, I think if I was listening to something, I would find it interesting. I just think it's really nice having two artists um, who have so much in common and have, you know, simple, sim- similar things. Like I think it's really nice talking to you about <laughs> potential for arthritis in fingers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And also I just, you know, having seen your show recently, uh, you know, your work recently um, in Canberra, but, you know, I, I went and saw your show three times. Oh, thank in you. In Penrith, oh, um, you. your solo show, which was so amazing. And uh, just go back and look at the detail and the effort, yeah, of the labour. Like I just was really appreciating the labour. I went back and, you know, I, I make, I, I spend a lot of time on um, making my work and I, I put a high value on it just for me. Like I just, mm. I just, I, I want it to show in the work because I look at other people's works and I, I enjoy scanning over the details and seeing how you've worked with the fabric and mm. 
you know, the kind of stitches that you use. So, yeah, I mean, it's Sunday, Raquel, so you're heading off to the studio. You're yeah. going to do some sewing today. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to um, go and burn a flag and, um, <laughs> you know, Sunday activities. So um, lovely to see you. Have a great dinner. You vibes. too. Bye. Great chatting. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Museums and Galleries of New South Wales podcast.